0: All right. All right. The marriage of the lamb. As you can see here, this is a quote from Revelation. I believe it's 19.7. The marriage of the lamb. You know, his bride has made herself ready. Amen. You know, his bride has made herself ready. But the question is, has her bride made herself ready? We're supposed to be the bride. But have we made ourselves ready? I mean, really, have we made ourselves ready? Are we even thinking about getting
1: ready? Hallelujah.
0: you know that is the question of the day. you know uh everybody likes to boast and everybody likes to like to uh you know brag that hey, we're going to be the coming queen, but are we? because if we don't get this thing right, I have news for you. We won't see queens. <laughs> Let alone kingdom. Amen. You know, so you know, let's let's get this thing right. Let's stop playing church and become the church. Amen. All right. Um, so we're gonna jump into this. Let me see if I can get some of that glare off. All right. Oh, forgot.
2: Click it on work. All right. Dollar? So
0: uh, one of the previous times we met, we talked about, you know, how we're supposed to be the bride, right? And so the bride has this preparation or purification period between being betrothed, you know, to, to her husband and the time that her husband comes and get her. Within this time... The husband is preparing a place for her. Amen. amen. You know, and the bride is supposed to be preparing herself, you know, to be married unto the bridegroom. And this is called the preparation of purification um, period. And so, you know, it's it's um it's noted how they would do this and, and, and how it was entailed in the book of Esther. So we're gonna go to the book of Esther. Um, chapter 2, verses 8 through 12, and see what we can glean from it, you know, get some insight as to what it is we should be doing, right? Okay, so beginning with verse 8, it says, so it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai, that, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maid pleased him the maiden pleased him and she obtained kindness of him and he speedily gave her things for purification with such things as belonged to her and seven maidens which were meet to be given her seven maidens did
1: that just turn oh i'm sorry All right.
0: Uh, Seven maids which were given unto her out of the king's house, and he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Now Esther had not showed her people, nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her now when every maid's turn was come to go into the king Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of women for so it for so were the days of their purification accomplished to wit 6 months with oil of myrrh and 6 months of sweet odors and other things for purifying of the women so during this purification time. There's six months with oil of myrrh. And then there's six months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. Now, whenever you think you see myrrh in scripture, I want you to think death. Reason being is because whenever they prepared the body, they prepared the body for burial with myrrh. And so this was... uh, the main spice that they utilized in preparation of the dead. So when you see myrrh, think death. You know, and so the first six months, and the number six speaks to man, it speaks to the works, to work the work of man. You know, and so within this you can see that you can see that the work of man bringing forth death in all actuality. and. You know, this makes absolutely no sense unless you have an understanding of scripture, unless you understand that first of all, we all must die, you know, because we have to be reborn. Amen. You know, um, you know, and also if you understand, you know, in Yahshua that we're called to die and be resurrected, you know, um, so much so that. Our Messiah tells us to pick up our tor- pick up our torture stake and follow Him. Well, when He picked up His torture stake, what was He going to do? So we're gonna need a lot of myrrh, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and so we see six months with all of myrrh, and then another six months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. You know, um, and these other odors speaks to other other uh, spices and incense with other things for the purifying of the women. You know, and so the first six months um, speaks to, in all actuality, you know, speaks to uh, the Church of Smyrna. You know, and if you look at the Smart Church of Smyrna, you'll find the murder you know. And the second set of six months actually speaks to the Church of Philadelphia, you know. now. Uh, I'm just gonna say say loud on this, you're gonna have to put it on the shelf and you know you can check it out and see if it be so later. But um I'm just throwing that out there, giving you a little tidbit, you know, something something to think about. Amen. All right. Now, during this preparation period, the women were also trained and prepared that she might become a befitting bride. You know, so here it is while we're in this interim, while we're in this time in which we're waiting to become a bride we should be learning how to be a bride amen you're not born knowing how to be a bride you know especially a bride of elohim you know so hence training is need and preparation you know that one might become a befitting bride now this period usually lasted um, as aforementioned, no less than one year. You know, we had the six months of myrrh, we had six months of the sweet odors and, and other spices, you know. Um, now, it specifically tells us, you know, it speaks to a year's time. Now, a year in the Hebrew is Shana or shanah. you know, and it speaks to something that's duplicated. And so that's what that's what uh, we're to look for. We're to look for something that's duplicated during this Period whereby the bride supposed to be making preparation. You know, we're looking for something that's duplicated. Now we know the apostles were, um, were the first aspect of the bride. You know, Yeshua spoke to him in that in that vein. You know, on a few occasions. You know, whereby we we might know that without without uh without doubt. Um, so let us consider something that is going to happen again, just so that you have an idea of what's to come, you know, um, because that year period speaks to, to a cycle that's duplicated. And how many of you know that y'all tells the end from the beginning, many things that has happened will happen again, you, you, but you need to know where the cycle starts and where it finishes so that you can see um, or be aware of when it begins. Okay, one of the things that's going to be duplicated is found in Matthew Yahu chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Now, it says, Now the birth of Yahushua Mashiach was in this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Yosef before they came together, she was found with child of Ruach Kadesh. Then Yosef, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make a public example was minded to put, put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Adonai appeared unto him in a dream saying, Yosef, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of Ruach Kadesh. You know, So as within the bride's preparation, um, period where something is duplicated. This event must, too, be duplicated prior to Yahushua's taking the slide. That is, she must first conceive via Ruach HaKodesh. She must first receive um, conceive via Ruach Kodesh. And this is depicted in the Scripture, in Isaiah, or Yeshiyahu's 68, 7, and 8. It says, before she travailed, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child who have heard such a thing. Who have seen such a thing. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day or shall a nation. Or shall a nation be born at once for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. You know, now, you know, this can only happen except the Ruach that be with one, right. you know, and so this is going to be even as when Mary had her child throughout Kadesh. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, will bring forth a whole nation at once. First, it brought just a man. Then, you know, secondly, it's going to bring forth a nation. You know, and so that's something to keep, keep your eyes open for. And it's, it's not too hard to see how it's going to come about especially you know in our day and time if only we had eyes to see right all right so while the bride was purifying herself the groom was preparing a place for her which wouldn't be ready until the father says so. This explains how Yahushua would truthfully say that he didn't know when he'd returned, because he, he truly knows it's not until his father says okay, that the place that he prepared is worthy, you know, of his name. You know, Matthew Yahoo 24, 36, but of that day and hour know of no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my father only. Now during this interval, the bridegroom is hard at work preparing a place for his new bride. But it won't be ready until it meets his dad's approval. And we know it'll be no less than a year. You know, now, Yolkanah 14, 14.2 says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Yahshua is preparing a place for his bride. Now, he was speaking to his, to his apostles at that time. You know, and, but we know that he also was praying for those who were not. You know even at that time you know and so that also speaks to us he went to prepare a place for us you know also the bride and her bridesmaids should be hard at work preparing their wedding garments you know because if you're not ready when he comes then guess what you're not going you're not going and his bride is a many member bride so he don't have to have you
1: right.
0: I'm gonna say that again. His bride is a many member bride, just like his body is a many member body. So he doesn't have to have you. He will have some that will be ready
1: Hallelujah.
0: and some won't. And this is exemplified in the parable of the 10 the 10 um versions. You know, five are ready, five weren't. Which group are you gonna belong to? You know, so while he's preparing the place, we're supposed to be preparing ourselves to become a bride to make certain that we're worthy and that we have the proper training and that you know we're presentable you know enough so also the bride and her bridesmaids should be hard at work preparing their wedding garments that is making sure that they're clean and holy without wrinkle spot or blemish you know for as we're not worthy for his for if we're not worthy of this place, that God, who she was preparing for us, we won't be receiving it as our possession. We'll be simply some of the ones that's left behind. You know, we'll be knocking at the door and he'll be telling us he never knew us. You know, now, you know, as horrible as that sounds, you know, A lot of people know this and they still don't do nothing about it. You know, I mean, real talk. A lot of people know these things, but they still not trying to prepare themselves. You know, yeah, a lot of people like to come and they like to learn stuff. They don't like to apply it to their lives. You know, and it's, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah, I pray you ready. Me, myself, I plan on being ready, you know, I pray some of y'all with me, you know, but yeah. I'm planning on being ready. I'm not doing all this for nothing, you know, I done, I done been studying y'all's word and teaching this people for almost half of my life, Yeah. you know,
1: I don't know about y'all, but I'm not doing this for nothing.
0: I'm trying to get in. I'm trying to, I, when he come. And he began to sound the alarm and and, and, um, and come for his bride. I'm trying to be right there with that crowd. I'm trying to have my, my, my lamp full of oil.
1: Hallelujah.
0: But if you're not worthy, you're not going. You are not, you will not be going. You know, consider 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 4, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that's these houses, you know, that that we, that we live in, these houses, these flesh houses, you know, if they were dissolved, we have a building of Elohim, a house made, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is the place that God is providing for us, right, that he's preparing for us. For in, for in this, we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Yes, this is what it's about. This is what tabernacles is about. This is what Sukkot is about. We're dwelling in these tents, and no matter how you know, much we, we, we try to make it comfortable. It's never like home.
1: That's right. And,
0: and likewise, you know, no matter how comfortable you may be in your flesh and within this life, it won't be like home.
1: That's
0: right. Don't get it twisted. This is not home. This is just a, this is just a, 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 a stopping place. It's a pit stop on the way home. You know? Now, it can be home for you if you like, but this is not what I'm looking to, looking forward to. You know, I'm looking forward, and I'm going, and I'm earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with that house, which is from the heavens. You know, like verse 3 say, if so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. But we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life." That's the body I'm talking about. Now, it's important to note that the emphasis put on the Feast of Sukkot, that is the Feast of Tabernacles, isn't on us dwelling in those booths. That is the temporary dwellings. Rather, the focus should be on us leaving the tabernacles to go live in our permanent dwelling places. That's where the emphasis is supposed to be. Because while we're out here, you know, it's going to get cold. It's going to rain. The gas is going to work sometimes, sometimes it's not. For no apparent reason. You know, don't think it's by happenstance that Sukkot falls in this season. It falls in a season whereby Yah actually... Makes it rain. It's the rainy season. It's right at the turn. It's right at the turn of the season, so you get good days, you get bad days. Do you think that's by happenstance? That's accidental. Y'all made it makes his people dwell in booths during this time for a reason because he wants it to be uncomfortable. Because if it's not, then you won't be able to properly see the contrast. The contrast of how your permanent dwelling place, that is your house made of of wood or or brick and mortar, how much more comfortable it is than these booths, these temporary dwellings. You won't be able to, to see that contrast. And if you don't be able to see that contrast, then you might feel like you're comfortable enough now. And you don't strive to make yourself ready to be his bride. And as a result, you won't get that place he's prepared for you. You know, so you know, I want you to understand that. You know, likewise, our emphasis for this life shouldn't be on these flesh and bone sukk. Instead, our emphasis should be on where we're going to dwell permanently with fellow Yeah. You know, but so many people worried about the here and now, and they're worried about, you know, um how life is in the flesh right here, as if this is the only thing. And many of them really, you know, low-key probably, you know, don't really believe that it's something that's coming after this. You know, but I do. And I live my life in accordance to trying to, to get something after this. You know, but you can't have it both ways. You can't believe and not believe at the same time. You know, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of us do. We believe, yet we don't believe. You know, we like to be entertained by hearing the word of Elohim and, you know, and all the wonderful promises, you know, but we just kind of shove off and, you know, rub off our shoulder, you know, all the, all the uh, disdain and all the, all the wrath and the, and the negative things that the word has to offer. But those are just as true as the promises. You know, and you're going to find yourself on one side or the other. At the end of the day, you're going to find yourself on one side or the other. You know, and most of, most, most of you live your lives as if you don't really care. You know, I'm here to tell you, cry now. Go through some stuff and cry now so that you don't have to cry later. Because if you go through it now, there'll come a time when he'll wipe away every tear.
1: But if you live not to cry now,
0: and you find yourself the most comfortable of, of that the comforts of this world have to offer, you might find yourself crying for an eternity. You know, so, you know, think about that. Therefore, in the feast of Sukkot, it encourages us to endure hardship for YAH and or for righteousness' sake, for his sake and or righteousness sake, uh, for the short time that we're made to dwell in these temporal um, dwelling places of flesh, in spite of our discomforts, knowing that it is only temporary. He only asks of us to dwell in booths for one week.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Seven days. And some of us can't do that. But it's no different than with his other word, you know, he says, you know, give him one day a week. Normally he say give us give him one day a week, and People don't want to do that.
1: Hmm.
0: They complain about that. Where well, that one day falls in the middle of my, my work week, or that one day is you know falls on when on my birthday, or that one day falls on you know um, my my son's graduation, or whatever the excuse may be. At the end of the day, I'm here to tell you, y'all don't care about your excuses. He doesn't care about your comforts in this world. In fact, he utilizes them to test and try you. Mm -hmm. And many of us flunk time and time again. You know, it's a sad reality. it, It really is. It's a sad reality. We find every excuse not to do Yah's will. You know, and many people love to say, you know, well, you know, Yah knows my heart. Yeah, he does. It's utterly wicked. He talked about it. It's in scripture. It says who can know it outside of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Not even you. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so we need to take heed to these things. You know, God tells us one week, dwelling booths. He, he promises to bless us 51 weeks outside of that one week. And here it is, we come for one week,
2: and, and folks, they can't be cold. Hmm. They can't sleep. And they yearn to make themselves comfortable. What happened to enduring for righteousness' sake?
0: Enduring for Yah's name sake, because he said, do it.
2: Because I'm here to tell you that attitude is going to get you nowhere but H-E double hockey sticks. And that's just real
0: talk. You know, everybody's so fragile. Everybody's so hypersensitive these days. You know, it's a reason why y'all tells us to come together and dwell in these booths. He knows that there's going to be bickering. He knows there's going to be argumentation. He knows there's going to be discomfort. He knows that, you know, tent pegs going to come up. He knows that wind's going to blow off rain flies. He knows that some people going to get leaks in their tent. He knows that some people heater's going to go out. He want to see who's going to persevere, who's going to yeah. endure for his name's sake, for righteousness' yeah. sake because he said to do it.
1: Yes,
0: but all I hear is a bunch of children complaining. Talking
2: about why they came to us. It's not supposed to be like that. You know, it's a reason why he says to many that he never knew him, even because he didn't and they didn't know him.
0: People act like we don't have an enemy out here. Act like the word don't say that our enemy deceives the whole world. Now we're clearly told that our enemy deceives the whole world, but yet most of us
2: think we can't be deceived. Why is that? Now, this is a big part of why Yah has to celebrate
0: tabernacles, even that we might endure some hardship, you know, so that when we come out of these tabernacles and go into our permanent dwelling places where we no longer have to dwell in booths. We can see how comfortable it is versus, you know, our air mattress running out of air and we sleeping on on the hard ground, you know, or whatever the inconvenience may be. You know, these things are supposed to happen. They're supposed to happen. It's not supposed to go as planned. And You know, I've been doing this, you know, for, you know, going on a couple decades now. And I can't remember a Sukkot that was perfect because it don't happen. It doesn't happen and it's not supposed to happen. And as soon as we get that through our skulls, and realize that it's supposed to be some hardship. It's supposed to be something to endure. It's supposed to be something to overcome. How can you become an overcomer if you're not faced with anything to overcome? Problem is we become soft. We be, you know, when I read about the saints of, oh, they went through some stuff. We don't have to go through we don't have to go through a fraction of what they went through. I mean, we have modern day conveniences that they could only dream of. Mm. And yet, we still find room to complain. We still find room to to murmur in the backbite. Mm. I'm just here to say, it's sad to see. In the scheme of things, we're a spouse to Yahushua. And should be preparing ourselves to become a worthy, faithful bride. Yes. You know, 2 Corinthians 11, 2 and 3 says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, mm. for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Mashiach. But I fear that by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Mashiach. And I'm here to tell you that many of your minds have been corrupted. Mm. Many of your minds have been corrupted. Many of the minds of would-be believers around the world have been corrupted. They've been beguiled, even as Eve was beguiled. You know, Ephesians 5.25-27 says, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Mashiach also loved the church and gave himself for it." that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. We're gonna take another look at that just to get some say lives, something for folks to think about. Husbands, love, husbands, love your wives. Hello, church of Philadelphia. Even as the Mashiach also loved the church. Hello, Smyrna. And gave himself forth. That he might sanctify and cleanse. Hello, righteous. Righteous of Elohim. That he might present it to himself a glorious Church or Ecclesia not having spot or wrinkle and or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Glorious church not having spot or wrinkle. Hello, Smyrna. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Hello, Philadelphia. Say lie. From these two passages, we learn what it means for the bride to be made ready. Yet we also simultaneously learn what will cause us not to be ready. And that is mind corruption, spots, wrinkles, and blemishes. Therefore, let's take a closer look at these things that we might fully understand starting with mind corruption.
2: What are the things, how does that, how do our minds become corrupt? Let us consider Romans 8, 3 through 9. It says, for
0: what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, Elohim sinned in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Ruach. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Ruach things of the world. for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace if you are carnally minded then your mind has been corrupted your mind is corrupt if you're carnally minded but if you're spiritually minded then you're okay anybody with me
1: yeah
0: all right now why why is this Verse 7 Because the carnal mind is enmity against Elohim, for it is not subject to the law of Elohim, neither indeed can be. It's impossible. Mm. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please Elohim, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Ruach. And if so, and if so be that the Ruach of Elohim dwell in you. How, if any, have not the Ruach of Mashiach, he is none of his. If you don't have the Ruach of the Mashiach, you are none of his. But if you do have the Ruach, then the Ruach is going to have you, it's going to lead you in a direction, it's going to have you do, say and do some things. You know. But if you don't have that Ruach, then your kernel mind is going to lead and guide you into some things, and it's going to have you say and do some things. So hereby we learn that the carnal mind is enmity against Elohim, for it is not subject to the law of Elohim. So, whenever you go, whenever your mind is telling you to do something that goes against what Yah says to do in His Word, then you also know that the enemy is testing or trying. Is everybody with me? Mm-hmm. You know, so when Yah tells you to do something, and your mind, let's what. Well, we're, we're dwelling in Booth, so let's use dwelling in Booth as an example. Here it is, you're cold, you're hungry. Maybe you, you didn't get here on time to have dinner and, and now it's over, you know, and you don't get nothing to eat. Your mind tells you, well, get in the car and go get you something to eat. You know,
2: but the word tells you, it's a high day, you can't do that. But your mind tell you, but you
0: hungry, you got money in your pocket, The restaurant just up the street.
2: But the word says, don't buy or sell. If you follow what your
0: mind say, then your mind has been corrupted for the sake of the flesh.
2: Or say, you cold, your mind say, We'll get up and go home.
0: But the word says you should dwell in booths.
2: But your mind say, well, I need to do something to satisfy my flesh, because I'm cold. Well, if you listen to what your mind says, then your mind has been corrupted, because it's going against the word of Elohim.
0: Whenever your mind tells you to do anything that goes against the word of Elohim, your mind has been corrupted.
2: And as long as your mind is corrupted, you will not
0: become the bride
2: of Yahshua. You think Yah care about you being cold?
0: He brought 600,000 plus women and children through the wilderness.
2: Read the scripture. It speaks about the wilderness being a hot place, but also a cold place. Mm -hmm. Did you not read how much complaining they were doing because of what they were going through? Because the wilderness that he took them through was uninhabitable? Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you, folks got this thing twisted. They think
0: it's supposed to be sugar and spice and everything nice. And that's exactly what it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be something to endure. It's supposed to be something to overcome. It's supposed to be something with hardship. Everybody want a miracle, but don't nobody want to need a miracle. Miracles don't come except for when you need one. He didn't bring water from a rock because they had plenty of water in their possession. He brought water from a rock because they hadn't had none in three days and they was in the wilderness dying of thirst. He didn't rain manna because their tummies was full.
2: but because they had been out there for three days with no food and they were about to die of starvation. Everybody want America, but don't nobody want to be put in a position whereby they need America. But if you
0: don't have any test, then you'll never have a testimony. And we don't just overcome by the blood of the Lamb, but by the words of our testimonies.
2: Well, if you don't have none, then you won't have nothing to overcome with. So I'm trying to get across to you guys that this thing isn't supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be doable only with Yah. Now y'all don't mind you having a good time as long as you're having a good time in him. But when
0: you start going against his word to have a good time, when you start going against his word so that your flesh
2: can feel good, that is not of him. That's of your corrupted mind, trying to satisfy your flesh, which is an enmity with Elohim. Choose ye that, this day whom you shall serve. Are you going to serve Yah and his ruach, that is his spirit of truth, knowing that his word is true, or are you going to serve your carnal mind? That teaches you how to keep your flesh comfortable. Some people won't even leave out the door because it's raining. As if they get wet, they're gonna melt. Some people won't go won't come to assemble, like y'all said, because of snow outside. But if massa that you go and put in 40 hours a week for, tell you to be, at, be on that job, you're going to be there. But we make excuses when it comes to God, as if he not master. Choose ye this day whom ye shall serve. you worrying about the master that's going to give you a paycheck at the end of the week, instead of
0: worrying about the master that's going to give you an eternal life.
2: And wipe away every teeth. I'm telling you, we got things twisted. We need to get it, get it turned back the right
0: way. Philippians 2, 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was in Mashiach Yahushua. That's the mind that we want to have, not the carnal kind of mind that we that we that we were born with. We want the mind that was in Yahushua, Mashiach. Well, what was this mind like? Let's jump down to verses 7 and 8 because it teaches us what this mind was like. It says, but made himself of no reputation. You know, the mind that was in Mashiach, Yahushua, didn't care what other people thought of him. He didn't care what other people thought. He didn't care of what other people said. He didn't care about how other people pointed the finger. All he cared about is what his father said and how he was going to do what his father said. He said, I do not. I do, n- I do nothing except for what the father tell me to do. I say nothing except for what the father tell me to say. That shows you his mindset. It was on what the father said do.
2: Like our mindset is supposed to be on what the word say do. Verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even
0: the death of the cross. That's the mind that Yahshua had. He had a mind to be obedient even until the day he died. He had a mind to be obedient even as he picked up his torture stake and allowed himself, because no man take of his life, he lay it down. He allowed himself to be tortured. But when
2: will you allow yourself to go through something? You don't want to allow yourself to go through nothing. All y'all asked us was the dwelling booths for one week. People left because they got their feelings hurt because somebody said something to them. People left
0: because they was cold. And for whatever other reason. You can always find a reason not to do what the word said.
2: But isn't the word reason enough to do what he said? That's the mind we're supposed to have. Quit praying, Because when you do that crap, you need other people to do it. They see you give in and make, make it that much easier for them to give in. But when you stand strong, it makes it that much easier for the next person um, next to you to stand strong. Well, if so-and-so could do it, I can do it. But it works the other way, too. Well, if so-and-so gave in, you know, they, they stronger than I. You know, I guess I might as well throw in the towel, too. You see how that's infectious? I'm here to tell you, y'all don't care nothing about your excuses. You don't have one that's good enough. That's the whole reason that he put us out here. To see which one's going to prevail, your excuses or his Word. mind that Yahshua had was to follow his father's commands
0: even unto the death. Now, everybody say that, you know, yeah, when it comes down to it, that's what they'll do. But they can't do it when it's not down to it. They can't do it before the pressure on. We don't even have the pressure on us right now. There's nobody trying to prevent us from coming out here and dwelling in booths. There's nobody trying to prevent us from keeping Shabbat, from gathering each, each week in honor of him. We don't even have that type of um, that, that type of tribulation.
2: And we can't do it now. How do you think you're going to pass the test when the test is, when, when it's final exam time? I'm just saying.
0: Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. We're gonna talk about not having spot. What is this word spot? It's spill loo. Number 4695, it means to stain or soil or spot. You know, let's uh, consider another place where it's utilized so that we can get in a, a good understanding of what it represents james 3 6 it says and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defile the whole body it spill the whole body and set on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of h-e double hockey sticks
1: mm-hmm.
0: so hereby we learn that the tongue will cause you to become spotty mm-hmm. don't you know that the word said that says that you'll be judged by every idle word that come out of your mouth. Some of us need to learn to keep our mouth shut. Some of us need to just learn how to just not say nothing.
2: Even if you don't say nothing, somebody's going to read your face. But even if they read your face,
0: y'all not going to judge you off of that. He's going to judge you by what come out your mouth.
2: Amen? That's word. Stop
0: spoiling yourself. Stop putting spots on yourself with your tongue. Many people talk themselves out of doing stuff. Many people cause themselves to, to run into all types of um, turmoil. Many people speak judgment upon themselves.
2: You know, it's best not to say nothing. Why would you say I can't never do this?
0: Why would you say I'm not able? It's better to just try and fail. You don't have to say it. Amen? Because if you say it enough, you're going to believe it. But if you speak truth enough, you're going to believe that too. So rather than putting spot and stain upon yourself why not speak light and truth and righteousness and encourage yourself yes. so that's one way you, we become defiled that's one way the bride become defiled is by what comes out of the mouth okay nobody do all that can't nobody keep Torah that's impossible
2: have you ever tried no, because it's impossible. You see how that tongue could get you in trouble?
0: Let's consider Jude one seventeen through 23. It says, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken be, before of the apostles of our Adonai, Yahushua, and Mashiach. How that they told you? There should be mockers in, in the last time, such as those that I was just talking about, telling you what you can't do. Y'all say all things are possible to those who love him. Amen? You know, so I told you you there um, will be mockers in the last day who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Mm. Everybody want to do what they want to do. What they flesh lust for. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the ruach, but ye beloved building up yourselves on, the, on your most holy faith. Um, praying in the Ruach oh I'm sorry I missed 19 these be they who separate themselves since you're having not the Ruach uh, but ye beloved building up yourselves we're supposed to be building up ourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Ruach Kadesh keeping yourselves in the love of Elohim looking for the mercy of our Adonai Yahushu Mashiach until eternal life you know if we were to keep ourselves in the love of Elohim can somebody tell me how we love Elohim by keeping his commandments, right? We love Elohim by keeping his commandments. You know, so when, he, said, when, when uh, he says, keep yourselves in the love of Elohim, he's actually saying, keep yourselves within the commandments of Elohim. Looking for the mercy of the Adonai Yahushua unto eternal life. So in other words, when we're doing the commandments of Elohim and we find ourselves in a rough spot and we find ourselves having to endure or having to overcome, then what we are to do is to pray for mercy from on high. Right. We are not to satisfy our flesh. We are not to follow our carnal mind into wickedness. We're to pray unto the most high that he would give us mercy mm-hmm. via Yahushua Mashiach. Amen. I you never know. You may be in there in, in, in that booth freezing, and somebody may come and say, Hey, you need a healing. Probably. Hey, you need some gas?
1: Probably.
0: I got an extra blanket. Probably. Why? Because maybe Yahushua will put it on their heart to do so. Yeah. Amen? Amen. You know, so this is what, what it looks like. This is what it's about. You know, we to keep ourselves in the love of Elohim. That is, keep ourselves in His commandments. Looking for the mercy of God. Not taking mercy upon ourselves. And some, in verse 22, and if some have compassion, making a difference. Make a difference between Yah and the world. Learn to do Yah and put the world to the side and, and stop doing you in the world and putting Yah to the side. And others save with fear. pardon me, my verses. Uh, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now, this word spotted is, again, spieloo. You know, and it says, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So, we're not going to have a garment that's without spots. If we follow the flesh, the flesh will also cause our garment to become spotted. Our tongue will cause our garment to become spotted, and our flesh will cause our garments to become spotted. We are not going to be with, without spot, you know, if we don't watch what we'll comes out of our mouth, and we're not going to be without spot if we keep following what
2: our flesh tells us to do. Amen. Amen. All right, now, verse 27 says that, you know,
0: Yahshua's um that Apostle Paul is trying to present Yahshua a glorious char- church, or Yahshua's is trying to present to himself a glorious church uh, without wrinkle as well. This word wrinkle is rootus number 45, 12 in, in the Strong's, and it speaks to a foe that drawing together, especially other faiths. So in other words, he don't want an old bride. He, he don't want an old bride full of wrinkles. That's not what he's coming back for. And so what that speaks to is those of the old covenant. You know, Matthew, Yahoo 26, 26 through 28. And as they were eating, Yahushua took took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and, and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink, ye all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. You know. So we have a new covenant, you know, and those of that new covenant will make up that new bride. You know, those of that old covenant made up that old bride. Remember the one that he, that he, uh, divorced. Yeah. You know, um, uh, but he wants a new bride now, you know, also consider second Corinthians three, 11 through 15, it says, uh, for him, that which is done away with was glorious because he, he's coming back for a glorious church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Ephesians 5 27 says that he, he wants to present to him a glorious church without wrinkle. You know, uh, so 2 Corinthians three eleven says, for if that which is done away with was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so we know what's done away with. So the new covenant or the new covenant, uh, folks they're the ones that remain us. Verse 12, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech, and not as Moshe which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remain of the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Mashiach. But even unto this day when Moshe is read, the veil is upon their hearts. You know, and so, you know, he don't want that old bride. He want the new one. You know, he don't want the one that's old and wrinkled. He want the new one. the New one that's righteous. You know, so you see, Yahushua isn't coming back for no blind, old, wrinkled bride, but a glorious, young, and beautiful bride. That's what he's coming back for. Ephesians uh, 5.27 also says that he's coming back for a bride that is holy. And we know Yokana seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them, that is make them holy through thy truth, thy word is true. So we become holy by following the word, and we become unholy by not following the word. So do you think that God is going to take you while you're unholy? It doesn't matter how good you think your excuses are. If you're unholy, God's is not going to take you and finally he says, without blemish now this word blemish is a mono I'm monomos I'm sorry I'mmos among, number 299 it means without blame you know uh, so without blame so if you do everything God tells you to do, then you'll likely be without blame. If you fall short of what Yah tells you to do, then certainly someone will have a reason to blame you. Consider Revelations 14, 1 through 5, because it speaks to a group that was without blame. It says, And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion and whipped him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto Elohim and to the Lamb. And their mouth, and in their mouth was found no guile, but they are without fault, they are without Amamos, without blame before the throne of Elohim.
2: Hallelujah. So at the end of the day
0: this thing boils down to us keeping Yah's word. A lot of people don't understand that one of the greatest miracles that Yahshua did was put a Bible in your hand. A lot of people don't understand how big a miracle that was. You talking about a, a group of texts You're talking about some sacred text that was only privy to a select group of people, Mm -hmm. i.e. the Levitical priesthood. Had Yahshua not come and destroyed the temple, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: then his word would not have went forth from the temple. Mm You would have just heard what they wanted you to hear when they read during the the weekly Shabbat. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you would have gotten the word. That's the only way they got the word in times past. But because Yahshua came and died for us and destroyed the temple of those that crucified him and did away with that priesthood, he made available for the word to go forth unto all humanity. So much so that now today, you can get Bibles on every corner.
1: Hallelujah.
0: They give them away free in hotels.
2: You can get them in dollar stores. You can get them freely just about any place. And since the
0: beginning of their sale, they have never been outsold. Hallelujah. There's never been a book that have outsold the Bible. Hallelujah.
1: Yeah.
0: Since the commencement of the bible going on sale and we're talking about a book that people give away Mm. and yet they still outsell more than any other book do you think that's by happenstance do you think that's for naught or
2: do you think that's so that y'all can say you have no excuse Mm.
0: We are truly without excuse concerning the bride-to-be. Let us consider Yeshua 66, 1 through 5. It says, thus saith Yahuwah, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me? Where is the place of my rest? We are supposed to be making your tabernacles. We are supposed to be becoming houses of Elohim that he can come and dwell in, that he can rest in. He's saying, where's the house that ye build unto me? He's saying unto us right now, where's the place of my rest? For all those things have my hand made. And those things have been, say of Yahuwah, but to this man will I look. Now pay attention, because this is the man that he's going to look at. But unto this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite heart and trembleth at my word. That's the problem. You don't tremble at his word. His people don't tremble at his word. They have no fear of Elohim. If he's not before them, they don't fear him. They don't tremble at his word. Verse 3, he that killeth an ox, is as if he slew a man. He that sacrificed a lamb is as, as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offered an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burnt of incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen
2: their own ways. And there's no difference today. You do what you want to do. You do what you want to do.
0: But I'm going to do what y'all says. Be nice to have some folks with me. But if not, you'll find me on straight there. And, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: and they're so delighted in their abominations. People make excuses and they find delight in their excuses. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, surely He don't mind me not doing this, that, or the other. Only thing y'all looking at is whether or not you obey. You can't choose the way that you're gonna die, most times. Most times you can't choose the way you're gonna die, but all the time you can choose the way you're gonna live. And that's the whole thing. You know, people are all so worried about dying and so worried about being uncomfortable and so worried about this, that, and the other thing of this world. But no one's worried about what happens after this world. You know, you can't choose. You usually can't choose your time of death. There's been people who tried to blow their brains out and couldn't do it. You know, there's been people who tried to kill other people and couldn't do it. One of my buddies, his mother got shot. Close blank range with a shotgun. Blew off half her head. And half her face. And yet she lives
1: mm-hmm. and been
0: living for the last 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't tell me what y'all can't do. Because he can do whatever he wants to do. No, because he's L. But so many of us get it twisted. Because we read, we're going to rule and reign with him. We think we rule and reign now, but you don't. You're supposed to submit to him. Like I said, you can't choose the way you're going to die those times, but you can always choose the way that you will live. I suggest you live for Yah. I suggest you tremble at his word. Verse 5. Hear the word of Yahuwah, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name'sake, sake, said, Yahuwah be glorified, but he shall ap- appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. Now, I want you to take heed to that. It says, hear the word of Yahuwah, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you and cast you out for my name's sake, said let yahoo be glorified they cast you out for his name's sake saying let yahoo be glorified did you catch that mm-hmm. did you catch that mm-hmm. i don't think y'all caught that what is he telling us there can anybody tell me what he's telling us there good. say again they're gonna, they're, good. they're gonna think they're doing good they're gonna think they're the people of elohim mm-hmm. they're gonna think that they're the church They're going to think that they're the bride. But they are they that are doing their own ways. Mm. Only the ones that's doing Yah's way. Only the ones that's trembling at his word. Don't you think that he came and died so that everyone can have a
2: copy of his word but no one to do his word? That don't even make sense. they corrupted your minds. From the simplicity of Yahshua Mashiach. It's simple. If he say it, do it. You don't get no more simple than that. I'd rather die doing it than live not doing it. I'd rather die in this in this tent out here Freezing to death, because I'm doing the word of the most high Then to live, knowing that I didn't do it.
1: Because
2: there's really not a reason
0: for us not to do it. There's really no reason for us not to do it, especially here. Especially here, these folks of B.Y.A. Especially here,
2: there's no reason for you not to do it because if you don't have a tent, we'll give you one. If you don't have a heater, we'll get you one. You don't have a toilet, we provide them. We go through all these hoops
0: so that everybody can do the word of our Yet people still find reasons not to do it. I wonder which mind is in control. I wonder where are those people that tremble at my L's word. That's all I have for you, prayers a blessing.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.